Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Theater Podcast. Happy 2023, if I haven't already said that to you. Happy New Year. Our guest today is Justin Robertson, a.k.a. Squigs, who, if you're familiar with Broadway at all, or even West End or theater in other regions of the world, you probably have seen his caricatures, his illustrations, also one of the masterminds behind the lights of Broadway cards. So for all you super collectors out there, this is going to be a great treat for you. He started out wanting to be an actor. He still performs, actually, but spends the majority of his time as an illustrator just because he's got so much talent. It's it's actually incredible just to watch him work. Uh, he is the guy known for making these theater-related illustrations these days, and he's got this new project now in Grand Central that you're going to hear all about that he'll he'll tell you the story it's all about squash and they're actually setting up a squash court in grand central station if you're going to come by and be here anytime between january 18th and 26th i want to go check it out it's a squash court in the middle of grand central should be cool all right so as always find me online instagram twitter tiktok you know the drill leave a rating leave a review tell your friends it's how the word spreads it's how the podcast grows and everybody now please enjoy this episode with squigs this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg in williamsburg virginia there's never too much of a good thing whether you're a foodie a golfer a history buff a shopaholic an outdoor enthusiast or a thrill seeker You'll find what you came for here, and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My guest today is an acclaimed illustrator and caricaturist specializing in capturing the ephemeral, ephemeral, I love that word, and collaborative art form, ephemeral, and collaborative art form of theater. He has been hailed by the New York Times as one of the Lion King heirs carrying on the theatrical caricature traditions exemplified by legendary Times artist Al Hirschfeld. His illustrations have been seen regularly since 2010 as the Broadway Inc. feature on Broadway.com. They've also appeared on the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the LA Times, Variety, Playbill, Broadway, Yearbook, Jennifer Ashley Tepper's Untold Stories of Broadway series, and in promotional campaigns for Actors' Equity, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, the Theater World Awards, and theatrical productions in New York. 
London, and, you know, the rest of the world. He co-created the Lights of Broadway cards and de designs, st designed and still designs every single card to this day. <laughs> Justin Robertson, a.k.a. Squigs, welcome to the Hello. Theater Podcast. Hi there. How you doing? Oh, my goodness. My, my hands are tired cramping up just thinking about all of that. <laughs> I've been a little busy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I actually I want to start with the lights of Broadway cards because I think they're um, they're incredible. For those who don't know, they're like trading cards, baseball trading cards or comic book cards, whatever for for theater for Broadway. And you have individual cards for for actors, actresses, uh, um, for shows. You do special events. Um, there was like. I just don't know where this idea came from because it's phenomenal. And there are whole sections and um, like it, at theater cons, Broadway con and other similar ones, there's whole just groups. There's this passionate group of people who do nothing but trade these cards all day long and they want the rare ones and there's holograms and all sorts of stuff. So like back it up. Where did this idea even come from? Oh, sure. Well, um, it, it, it kind of goes back to um, to meeting uh, our, our mutual friend, Dory Berenstein. Um, yeah. Uh, for many years, I've been uh, I've taken part at the in the um, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS uh, flea market that happens in September typically every year, and um, I would uh, just sell you know artwork there and and help raise money for the cause and and um, Dory's kids came by my booth one time and bought some prints. They took them home. Their dad Mitchell saw them and uh, and contacted me about doing a commission for Dory's birthday that year. And so Dory got the her the present, and then she invited me to lunch just to chat about projects. And uh, and we so we went to lunch at Sardi's, and uh, <laughs> like yeah, you do, like you do. And uh, and really, honestly, one of the first things we both kind of brought to the table was the idea of of trading cards for Broadway. Uh, both of us ha having you know collected baseball cards as kids and and that sort of thing. But um, and it's been done over the years. I mean, Playbill has had some you know. They, we used to put out cards with um, the each show's key art on it. Um, different shows have used it for promotional purposes, like Newsies and Tuck Everlasting, and and that sort of a thing. But but yeah, it really hadn't been done in kind of an extensive, um, you know, format. You know, and so uh, so we started kicking around ideas. I, you know, worked on a design, and we came out with our first. Uh, Kind of a small edition uh, in the summer of 2015, and uh, started selling them uh, on online and in the um, stores like a theater circle on on 40, 40, 44. And yeah, and then also just kicking them off uh, that September at the flea market, um, and that was a time when a lot of kids were on Broadway. It was like School of Rock was in rehearsals. You know, Matilda was going, King and I was going up at, at Lincoln Center. So just oh, yeah. a lot of kids, a lot of kids on Broadway. And it was it was one of those things where, you know, we had them available uh, at the flea market that year. And Dory and I were both there. And, and uh, especially the School of Rock kids, they started like buying up multiple packs and then screaming out when they got cards, you know, like my favorite. And I had to I had to turn away and like tears came to my eyes because one kid goes, I got Stephen Sondheim. He's the king. And uh <laughs> And, and I was like, this is the coolest thing. And they kept like grabbing people walking by and saying, buy some packs so we can trade with you. You know, and it was one of those one of those things when I think both Dory and I just looked at each other. and were like, oh, this this is something, you know, and um, and we're so grateful for those kids, um, including our, our, our pal Ian Armitage, who plays young Sheldon on the mm -hmm. on the TV. He also uh, kind of uh, blew up our social media there at the beginning uh, when he was just doing his theater, you know, his theater reviews. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, grown into a big group of folks that that uh, collect the cards regularly, and we call them light catchers. They're lights of Broadway, light catchers, and uh, and they they're all over the country. And 
and, and they're actually you know people who have met each other through cards either through trading online or coming to broadway con and meeting up for you know trading sessions and and you know a lot of them will come into town and they'll all go see a show together and and that sort of a thing so it's it's really it's it's become really kind of a a, a fun community uh you know thing so we're we're very we're very happy with with how that's gone that is so cool. And and I think you, you failed to mention one of the important things is that most of the profit all goes back to charity, right? Well, a lot of the profit does. Yeah, yeah. we have, um, uh, you know, in addition to, um, you know, Broadway Cares and uh, the uh, Entertainment Community Fund, formerly known as Actors Fund, um, those are kind of regular beneficiaries of, of some of our, some of our profits. But we also have what's called the Giving Back Program. And it's um, each edition for now, I think, probably like eight or nine editions. We've asked um, some various Broadway stars to pick a charity that they uh, that they love. And then uh, we make a special um, limited edition numbered and signed uh, card uh, of them. You know, some some of the, the profits from those from the sales of those go to their charity. And we've had so many great charities over the years. Um, well, obviously, Broadway Cares and, and Entertainment Community Fund, but uh, charities having to do like Cancer Support Community when, with uh, uh, Jason Daniel and Marin Maisie. Uh, Covenant House has been the choice of of a number of, uh, of performers. Um, Planned Parenthood, um, the Trevor Project. Uh, currently in, in the we, have, uh, we can talk about this in a bit, but we have a, a new edition that just came out uh, in early December. Uh, this last year. And uh, in this edition, our giving back stars are uh, Adrian Warren, uh, Bonnie Milligan, um, Gavin Creel and Joshua Henry on one card, uh, uh, Lilius White, Patrick Page and Harvey Firestein. Um, so it, it's fun that those Just a, a bunch couple, of those couple up coming people. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think they'll do fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, so a bunch of those cards go into packs and those can be found if you know, you know, in, anywhere anyone collects these cards, and then we hold a number of them back for uh, fundraising purposes, like if there's a an auction or a you know some sort of a um, very special you know giveaway type type situation. But yeah, that's been fun. How long does it take you to to draw? Like, once you have the idea, if you're like, all right, I'm gonna go draw this brand new person who just made their debut in in Anne Juliet or something, right? Like, how long sure. does it take you to to decide what you're gonna draw? Um, well, it, it honestly depends on you know what what the final pro final aim is. If it's if it's like uh, the cards with um, I kind of call them headshot cards, you know, it's basically like head head and shoulders type uh, drawings. Th that'll you know that can take me just a, a really short time. You know, my process is to you know to pencil and ink up and that's traditional and then scan it into Photoshop and then do the coloring and assembly uh, there. One one uh, thing that I did, I threw myself a curveball in this new edition um, because uh, on each of the headshot cards, um, I've put a space, uh, a couple spaces for, since I've done a lot of drawings of a lot of these people that are on these cards, there is a space for like shows that I've drawn them in. So, uh, you know, for instance, if it's uh, Christian Borle has a card in this in this edition, and um, uh, I, I think I have in the sidebars are my drawings from uh, Peter and the Starcatcher, and I want to say something rotten. I'm not. I don't remember exactly which one that was, but so you know, it kind of. It's a, it's a way also, in addition to kind of decorating the card more, um, it, it's a way to kind of utilize the, you know, the work that I've already done over the, over the years. So. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that that's really neat to be able to throw back to that. And, you know, if you ever run out of content, which I don't think will ever happen, you can always go backwards in time from 2015 and go, you know, you could do like Tony Tony winning special hologram cards or something. Tony winners. Yeah, from over the yeah. Year. That's, that's my idea. You can have that. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, the hologram cards you're talking about, those are it's a it's a thing called lenticulars, and they're like we call them tilt cards, where you know there's um, three images on each card, and you tilt it, and it changes. Uh, and we do have various you know various methods that we use for for those, but in in this edition we have six of those. 
uh, in our in this current edition. One is themed around six, the the musical. Um, we also have one that's uh, P- Patty Lapone's uh, some of her key roles. We have ten Pulitzer Prize winning musicals mm-hmm. over the years. Obviously, that was kind of inspired by a Strange Loop getting being the the tenth. We have a Sondheim celebration, which is kind of a static image of him, but like in, in the background changes with all the different shows that I've drawn of his over the years. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, we have a we have a Milky White card, you know, since that <laughs> seemed to be one of the one of the standout. <laughs> The standout performances of, of this this last year, oh, that's and then cool. and then we have oh the um, uh, celebrating understudies. You know, we kind of took mm. um, took a, a, a informal poll among some of people's favorite understudy and swing and standby performances uh, over the years, and so you know we have uh, you know everyone from uh, Shirley MacLaine to you know um, Megan Mullally in Greece and uh, to you know Max Clayton and um, you know some of the the great folks who've been keeping shows open recently so so yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's fun to you know kind of just keep a keep a finger on the pulse of what's going on and try to reflect that in uh, in what we put out in the cards we're going to take a short break stay tuned for more of the episode So you were born and raised in Oregon, which naturally lends itself to drawing and Broadway, of course. So, of course. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, so I guess as a as a kid though, like you, how long were you in Oregon before moving to LA? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was I was in uh, I was uh, eighteen when I left uh, moved to LA. I went to college in in Southern California, and then I was there for almost twenty years before I moved to New York and I uh, moved to New York in 2010. Um, mm-hmm. Oregon is, it, you know, it, it's, it's funny cause you don't really find a lot of people in New York from Oregon. Um, <laughs> no, you know, and you know, and Oregonians will, you know, will often say they, you know, they'd rather, you know, put, you know, put a border wall, <laughs> you know, around the <laughs> state because especially for the, they, they don't want the Californians moving up there. And anyway, but it's, um, <laughs> it's like, damn, damn Californians. Yeah, they're bringing their avocado toast. But yeah, their it's almond it's a milk place. and their are their <laughs> their olives. Wait, what else does California have? I don't know. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, but yeah, but there are a few of us uh, from Oregon, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, one being Shoshana Bean. Um, another heart. being another being Brooks Ashmanskis. Mm, love that dude. Gazoon <laughs> tight. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, David Larson, who was in uh, um, Hands on a Hard Body, and uh, yeah, so there, there are a few of us. Oh, um, Haley Kilgore, who was who starred as Tamoon uh, in uh, the revival of Once on This Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some Oregonians. We're we're thinking of starting a club. You know. well, so when where did the drawing come in? Were you drawing before you were eighteen? Like as a kid, did you have a knack for this? Because I, I I still try to draw as a forty two year old, and I can't do it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it was always something that I did. It was just fun. I might um, my my dad is very is very creative. Uh, most his you know his uh, medium is often you know woodworking, and he's he's all amazing at like uh, he's a fi- he can fix anything. You know, he's one of these people who's like creatively minded in that way but uh he also draws and he um one of the things that he did as as uh, we were growing up to uh to you know get a new set of tires for his truck or you know something else you know he would barter for like sign work he would do painted and routed signs uh for businesses and uh so yeah i always kind of watched him you know uh creating stuff and drawing and and so that was kind of an inspiration and then my folks you know saw that i had an interest in it and so they got me some art lessons when i was a kid so I took uh, some uh, classes from uh, from a lady named Greta Morley, who was the the wife of the preeminent lawyer in town, and she had a studio on the <laughs> second floor of a building, and you know in downtown. And so I got go up a you know steep and very narrow stairway to uh, to uh, you know paint some watercolors, you know back in the day. And so that was like 
that's a nice influence on, on me and kind of kind of just you know fostered a, a love for for putting images on paper uh, and then you know once I was you know in high school and uh, and then you know moving on to college I would you know I just started doing that thing that so many artists do where they just draw their friends and you know to make them laugh and when I started doing theater I started drawing you know the uh, the my fellow cast members as like closing night gifts and uh, and that started the tradition which I mean I still have have until today, you know, I, you know, if, if I do a show, um, you know, I'll draw my cast mates as, as a, you know, as a, as a reminder, you know, a memento. And, um, and so, but that graduated into people asking me to draw their shows that, you know, that I wasn't necessarily in and, and then eventually, you know, getting, you know, emails from folks working in New York on shows and, and, uh, and so that's, and then I started just putting it out there on, on, you know, on Facebook and, and whatever, and trying to give myself the assignment uh, of doing a drawing every week, you know, related to theater. And that's what um, Paul Wontorek and the gang at Broadway.com saw. We met up uh, one year at the Broadway flea market, the flea market, it's full circle. Um, and uh, he asked if, uh, if I'd be interested in doing a regular feature for them. And so, uh, so yeah, started with them. I used, I used a show, I used a show, I went to uh, do a a show called Route 66 in uh, in Milwaukee, and used that contract, uh, you know, to move me and, and some of my stuff up to New York in 2010, and uh, and then started in June of that year with Broadway.com doing a regular feature, and uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of how it how it rolled out here. That's what finds me in in the Big Apple. So wait, 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 wait. So I had already all I, I just all, not already, but always just assumed that. You moved to New York wanting to be an illustrator, but it sounds like if I'm reading between the lines that you you want to be an actor. Is was that the primary driver at first, or what did you want to do? What did you go to school for? Um, my uh, degree is in communications. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, when I when I started when I started uh, school, I was a film major, a film film emphasis, and uh, halfway through um, my college career, as it were, I switched to uh, the uh, emphasis of drama because that's where the money is. Um, of but, course. So yeah, I, so that my my degree is in communications, emphasis in drama. So you you've always wanted to be, uh, I guess, on the on the stage, right? Then or in front of the camera on the stage or whatnot, and then like yeah, this, this I, illustration gig has just yeah. blown up. Yeah, it, it it became a thing, and and like there were many years where you know one year I'd I'd you know make make more money you know acting, and uh, then the next year I'd make more money on with the illustration kind of thing, and. And I just, you know, I found, I mean, I still, I still perform now and then, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a while since I've done a full production. I've done a few like table reads and staged readings and that sort of thing, working with, with various folks here in town. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, fallen a bit on, along the wayside because the, you know, the illustration is, is where I'm kind of most uh, singular, you know, and uh, most unique, I think. Um, you know, I, I spent um, a few years working for, for, uh, for Disneyland. I was, uh, I was a, a sub in the, in the Dapper Dan's Barbershop Quartet. And, uh, and I was in the original cast of uh, Snow White, an enchanting new musical, <laughs> which you know, which was pretty fun. I mean, you know, we our director uh, was Eric Schaefer from who was, you know, formerly from a signature theater in Arlington and uh, his choreographer, Karma Camp. And we had all a bunch of a bunch of, you know, Broadway folks in the cast. Uh, it, it was just a it was it was kind of a surreal world. But. Yeah. What do you like doing now? I mean, because it seems like the bulk of your day to me seems like it's still drawing and illustrating, right? And are oh, you? Of course. Yeah. So are you? Are you still looking for those opportunities to do, um, to do any sort of performing work, or is that sort of just like, oh, if it happens, it happens? Or are you actively still pursuing that? 
You know, um, I haven't really been actively pursuing it. I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm kind of itching to get back to do doing something on stage. I mean, the 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 biggest thing I've done here in in New York. I mean, I've worked with like the uh, the Gingold Group, who does a lot of um, Shaw readings, uh, which I I uh, did a, a evening of um, the play Major Barbara with them, which was fun. But the biggest thing I've done in, uh, nearby is um, uh, a revised version of Cole Porter's Can Can. We did that at the at Paper Mill, uh, and uh, that was Jason Danieli and. Uh, Kate Baldwin and um, Michael Barres and Megan Sakura and Greg Hildreth. Um, it was just a just a fun group and uh, and it didn't go anywhere, but <laughs> but <laughs> we had we had fun doing it. It was about the time when um, uh, Gigi was on its way back to to Broadway, you know, mm-hmm. and also d- directed by Eric Schaefer, I believe, who you know, who's uh, who d- directed me in Snow White Land. But um, uh, and then also American in Paris was right about then, and there are you know various reasons why things don't come in, as we all know. But yeah, it was it was fun while it lasted. Well, it's interesting to me as well is that you know I think it's you embrace opportunity when it comes to you and and can grow and just kind of like I feel like the drawing is is there and it's so second nature to you that it's like oh yeah I'll just do another drawing it's fine it's fine and so that sort of leads me to to this Grand Central uh, what is it the J P Morgan Tournament of Champions a squash tournament or something that's it- happening this January. 18th, I think it begins, right? Like next week it or something does. as we're recording this. Yeah, it's uh, it, it really, it, it, there are some projects that are just sort of outside my regular zone that sometimes, you know, fall in, in my lap. I mean, uh, this one, uh, it's 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 an international squash tournament that happens in Grand Central Terminal. Um, they set up a squash court in Vanderbilt Hall. Oh, like inside the, the inside. Grand Central? Wow, okay. Yeah, so as you, if you walk in the front entrance, you know, and, and that first hall, they have, often have like, holiday markets or food courts or whatever yeah um that they set up a squash court there and and you know stands and they have a tower with all the press hangs out and and stuff and uh i was doing a I'm working on a project uh a number of years ago um and the the um the guys who are who are the camera crew the the media guys um one of them is the multimedia guy for the squash tournament and as they were looking ahead to the 25th anniversary of this new york city based tournament they wanted to kind of um, uh, have a very kind of a New York-y vibe to the the artwork, you know, and, and stuff. And so they reached out to me and um, and uh, invited me to come uh, watch a match, you know. And, and I thankfully had someone sitting next to me explaining the sport because I knew next to nothing about squash. I thought, oh, that's kind of a, another racquetball, you know. And it essentially is because there's a racket and a ball. But there's... <laughs> it's another tennis, too, by that that logic. Yeah, exactly. A pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and it, it's really, it's such, it's really such an amazing sport. There's, in addition to the, the amazing, like, uh, physical you know demands of the sport it's such uh it's such a, a, a strategy sport and, and strategy that that decisions are made like in split seconds it's really really pretty um in, insane you know just how amazing the sport is and one of the things that it was my connection to drawing to drawing something that would represent this thing is is that it's really kind of like a dance you know that there's very much it almost feels like it's choreographed just the way the two players will um will like uh, you know jockey around each other to get to the ball and that sort of a thing and and it's um and you know you'll have people you know leaping in the air and people lunging to the ground and almost doing the splits it's it's like it's really there's there's really such a, a grace um and uh, you know agility very physically demanding kind of a thing to the sport so yeah this so this artwork i've created um key art for this this tournament um that you'll see plastered all over vanderbilt hall and it's um essentially uh 
squash players kind of leaping over and lunging around uh, New York City landmarks. You know, there's obviously Grand Central is involved in the Chrysler Building and the Empire State, the Brooklyn Bridge and Statue of Liberty, One World Trade, having, you know, little you know Times Square billboards and some a little bit of Central Park and a bunch of taxi cabs. Is there like a, a a standard intake form or something when someone comes to you and they're like, I want you to draw some squash players and you're like, OK, cool. That's all I need to know. Or do you sit down <laughs> and is there like, you know, approval upon approval where you got to go meet with the CEO of this and the executive marketing director of that to get I, I just don't know this this whole world of of not theater. So it's yeah, fascinating no, and that's to the me. thing. You know, it, you know, these kind of projects don't come to me uh, on a regular basis. Um, one other example that I, I'll, I'll mention in just a bit was was something that was fun. But this one, um, I essentially they, I, I sat and watched a few matches, and I just took random like gesture sketches, really rough sketches, um, trying to find you know a kind of a, a visual way in. And uh, and then also, the, you know, we did have Zoom meetings between you know the the organ you know the the heads of the the organization. You know, I, you know, talking about what, what they wanted, and you know, once I um, was able to get something down on paper that I thought that they were looking for, they they were like, "Oh yeah, that's 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 it." So it's kind of fun. It's you know, they um, you know, I did some hand lettering for the you know the title of the you know the, the title twenty five years of squash in Grand Central. Um, it's, you know, it's some, the the main artwork that you'll see in Vanderbilt Hall if you happen to drop by um, is uh, is going to be on some t shirts. You know, and uh, and so it's you know it's, it's kind of, I, there will be four large banners in the Grand Hall of Grand Central um, where it's part of it is as, um, the four top finishers from last tournament. Um, they're featured in photographs, and then I did like kind of headshots of of these four that go <laughs> on these enormous banners. Um, that hang, uh, you know, on either side of the, you know, like the American flag and the Grand Hall. And um, I think it's like the one time a year that they allow these kind of banners to hang there, which is kind of odd. But that's truly cool. an inter it's an international tournament that the four top finishers from last year, uh, two were from Egypt, one was from Peru and one is, um, is uh, American. We're going to take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. Or is one able to trademark a, uh, an illustration style like um, Larson? What's uh, Jim Larson? Gary Larson. Guy? Gary Larson, who drew, yeah, the Farside comics. Like you Farside, can look, yeah. yeah. So you can look at a Farside and be like, oh, that's, I know that, that's a thing. Or the style of Garfield, you know, that sort of thing. Like when I see your work out in the wild, I'm like, that's the Squigs. I know Squigs is, oh. you know, like definitely, I know your style. Thanks. Are you, is that legally permissible do people do that or or ha i mean you know, often imitated never duplicated how's that all work well i think that it's you know i don't think you can like you can you can trademark a style um i mean because honestly everyone's style is is kind of a you know it's it's like um influences times particular mindset and upbringing and you know it, it's it's a combination of a lot of you know things you know i mean with with my work it's like i i obviously uh, over the years have like tried to pay tribute to al hirschfeld who's you know kind of you know the 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 be all and end all when it comes to entertainment caricature but i really tried to make something my own there's also an amazing uh contemporary of um of uh, hirschfeld who's also passed since but um uh sam norkin who uh i think my work kind of um mimics his style a bit more it's a bit more um you know, pointy angles and, you know, a bit more geometric and, uh, Al, Al's, uh, um, uh, grasp of, uh, uh, anatomy and stuff kind of, 
uh, comes through a bit more and mine's a bit more stylized kind of a thing. Yeah, I think uh, with when it comes to styles, pe- people, you know, you know, they just say, you know, borrow or steal from the best, you know, and uh, while everyone wants to, you know, have their own their own voice, you know, as it were, um, you know, it's it's uh, you can always say that someone has been influenced by someone else. So I, I think, it, you know, it pays tribute to to the grace that came before you and you're laying the path for those who come after you. And uh, have you had others that have shown you their work or tried to uh, to like draw yours? I, I imagine there could be like a whole contest that Lights of Broadway could do, right? Of like, draw your version of this set yeah. of cards or whatever it is, right? Yeah, no, it, it's true. I, I have, you know, I have been approached by people that, you know, especially I, I love when people, you know, uh, email me or, or message me and, and just ask for, for their, you know, for, you know, uh, any advice or, um, or they want to show me something and, um, and I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I love being able to, I mean, obviously it's an honor when someone thinks that I'm, you know, worthy of, of, uh, getting my you know opinion on something. So <laughs> I don't take that for granted. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a, it's a funny, funny world. And, you know, I think some, some of my approach to this is, is kind of, I, I just, I never want to stop learning. Uh, you know, I've, um, a few years back, I, uh, I saw that there was a class being given at the school of visual arts, uh, here in town, uh, uh, and by, um, an illustrator that I very much admire, Steve Brodner, who's um, kind of um, his his kind of main claim to fame is he's a uh, like a political illustrator, but he's also he's he's a fantastic uh, caricaturist, and um, and so I took a couple of of uh, of uh, classes from from him, and um, you know, we just we just hit it off, and it was it was great. It was one of those moments where I'm like, oh man, I've admired this guy's work for so long, and now I'm you know we're drawing in the same room, and he's had me back to chat to uh, some of those other classes and and uh, and stuff. I'm getting ready to uh, to take a like a like just a two hour intensive class, the Society of Illustrators, uh, which is being uh, uh, which is featuring uh, James McMullen, a well known uh, poster artist for Lincoln Center, and uh, and so uh, there's a bit of a drawing session and stuff, and it's it, it's an excuse for me to meet him because I I just admire that guy's work so much, his work over the years is just legendary, and um, so yeah, you know I just I try to keep shoving stuff in my brain and seeing what comes out. <laughs> Oh, I highly respect that. That's that's something that I I want to continue to do as well, just for a, a purely biological reason of trying to make sure my brain doesn't calcify as I age. Right? Yeah. yeah. If you stop trying to learn, then your brain lets you stop trying to learn. You literally mm-hmm. lose the ability to do that. So, total yeah. respect for for all of that. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like people in the creative industry too are less likely to. Uh, probably fall into that trap anyway because you have to break your routine all the time to to try new things and to sometimes stay relevant or um, like you're doing the same overall motion you're illustrating but like the shows the shows are always changing and the casts are always changing and the movements mm-hmm. are always changing and the charities are always are are always changing so like you're still you're still illustrating but you can always learn something new and add you know, add something different to, to something you've already been perfecting for so long. There's never an end. Yeah, no, it's very true. And, and, you know, I'm kind of at the point where I, you know, I've been in New York for, for, well, in May, it'll be 13 years doing a lot of the same work, you know, uh, type of work over and over again. And so I'm trying to find ways to, to mix it up. So I, you know, one, one thing that was, uh, that recently happened and it was a kind of a born from the pandemic. Um, but, uh, I illustrated a cookbook, um, hmm. called, called give my Swiss charge to Broadway. And uh, it's authored by, yeah, I, yeah, right. It, it's 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 dad joke central. It's great. I love it. I love um, it. And uh, the the recipes were written by um, uh, 
esteemed food writer Adam Roberts, and uh, and the the copy, the you know the facts and the fun stuff about the show were collaborate. It was written by Gideon Glick, um, and uh, and then I did the illustration for fifty recipes. And uh, that just came out this last uh, this last fall. And, so what's um, that called? Give my Swiss chards to Broadway. Yeah, right, right. Okay. And so and it, it features so, recipes such as um, chicken breast side story, uh, <laughs> little chop of horrors, um, uh, the, the clams visit. Please tell um, me more. Uh, Ham Stilton. Oh my God! This, okay, um, there will be a link for this book in the show notes. Go there now, get this yeah. book, and I need it just yeah. for the dad jokes because oh, it, it's it's great yeah. and it's full of it. And also, each each recipe comes with a listening guide, you know, um, stuff you can put on you know the stereo uh, or the you know your MP3 player, uh, whatever the kids are listening to these days. Um, and uh, you know, like for instance, if you're if you're um, uh, doing Little Chop of Horrors, it like the playlist will be additional stuff by uh, um, Ashman and Mankin that you can listen to, or you know, it's it's really it's really super fun. Uh, Funyun Home. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's just um, uh, a chorus lime pie. <laughs> uh, it's it's, it's uh, really it's really. Have fun. you made any of these recipes yourself? Um, I haven't, but we had a, a, a book launch. Um, uh, uh, at uh, well, we did a, a book signing at the drama book shop, and then we uh, had a, a kind of an opening night launch party at uh, uh, Joe's Joe's Pub, and. Uh, uh, someone made uh, wicked doodles, which are uh, <laughs> it's snickerdoodles steamed from wicked, and, and the, one of the key ingredients is um, uh, matcha tea. So it's like so the the, the cookies come out green. Oh my god! And goodness. they also have a, have a bit of a caffeine kick, so it was it was uh, very tasty. Would you get endorsed yeah. by something like Lin Manuel My Ham Duh or something, right? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that the whole thing started, and it was because of a tweet. Um, uh, it was Gideon who who tweeted out something like. Um, it was uh, writing a, a kid's book about Bernadette pizza or something, you know, it was, and, um, and so I think he and he and Adam knew each other, but they connected based on that. And I just tweeted back. I just said, Hey, let me illustrate this. And, uh, and that's then, you know, it was months later that I got an email from, from Gideon saying, Hey, we're thinking about making this a cookbook and, you know, would you be interested in, you know, working up some illustrations for it at that time? It was just pitching it to uh, publishers and so we did uh, six recipes, you know, that um, kind of fully realized recipes. And and I put together a, you know, kind of a, a mock-up of what, you know, the book could or the pages could look like kind of a thing. And eventually landed a, a publisher. And so, yeah. So cool. All right. I'm totally getting that book. Um, so <laughs> totally. let's, yeah, let's wrap this up with three questions. I ask everyone to end the episodes. The first one just very simply is what motivates you? Wow. Um like my first word that came to mind was creation that that's so like so oh it's cool you know but you know it's it's like you know you know making something you know whether or not something is that i'm putting out there has been done before or not it's something that's done in a fresh way you know by me just because you know it's my hand and my pen and or pixels that are that are making something but yeah the, the art of of creation i think is is uh is, it's something that you know that it you know it also celebrating creation is a, is a big thing for me. I love the collaboration of, of theater and uh, just how many people, you know, make up the, you know, the fabric of what ultimately is seen on stage. And then also the fabric of the, the, the contribution of the audience to that, you know, just li live theaters. There's nothing like it. Oh, I love that. What advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? Wow. Um, I would, I think I would 
say pay attention more. I, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, especially when your young life is just going by so quickly and, you know, everyone's absorbing information and all kinds of things as, as fast as they can. But I think that um, kind of the key to any creative endeavor is is really paying attention. It's um, keeping your eyes and ears open, seeing what works and seeing um, and remind or learning or reminding yourself of where something has come from. You know, it's uh, you know, if, if you're if you're preparing uh, to do a role and there's a, a word that you have you're not familiar with, look it up. You know, um, if there's a, an artist that you like, you know, look up as much of their work as possible and like learn where they were influenced uh, from, you know, and that sort of a thing. So I think it's just, you know, be, be curious is kind of, is probably what I would say, be more curious. All right. Last question then, if you can only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? Uh, that's, that's, that's a tricky one. Um, I, I'm sure you, everyone says that, <laughs> but um, uh, <laughs> I'm such a Sondheim nut and there's just such a, a wealth in each, you know, each of his pieces and it, you know, between, I think it would be between Sunday in the park with George in the cookbook is Sunday in the pork with George. Um <laughs> Or Sweeney Todd, which um, uh, which also in the cookbook, uh, Weenie Todd's. Weenie Todd's, yeah. Weenie Todd's, yes. Um, but between Sweeney Todd and Sunday in the Park with George, those are kind of my thing. I would probably lean a bit towards Sunday. You know, just it kind of it's a show that kind of speaks to you know both of my creative worlds. So I think that's probably it. Brilliant. All right. You can get more of me in episodes like this at thetheaterpodcast.com. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. It's all out there. Uh, listen and follow the podcast. Leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening now. Thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and outro music. And Squigs, man, this has been so much fun. We've been like oh. passing each other in circles for so long and we've never gotten yeah. sat down and like really talk. I love this. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Deep breath, make the world a little colorful. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists. What they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.